Welcome back to the Turn Music Podcast. This is episode eight. My name is Kyle, and as always, we have CJ. How are you, sir? I'm good, but is this episode eight or episode nine? Nine. You said episode eight. I know. So this is Kyle and CJ, and this is episode nine. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Uh, and just it just goes to show how our weeks are going. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Episode nine. It's good. So that's crazy. We have ep- episode nine, and we have for this book. There's what? I think there's like three or four more chapters. Yeah, it sounds right. Three more chapters. To fin- but what's weird is we're we're sixty six percent according to the Kindle. We are sixty six percent done. Well, chapter ten is a re ridiculously long chapter yeah it's like and ironically it's about nothing ironically yes <laughs> that's funny you made a good joke there i sure did <laughs> so what have you been listening to this week anything new and spectacular um i list i was listening to victor wooten been listening to the book the seek the 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 spirit of music book. I listened to some Corey Wong. Cool. And I listened to some Rebirth Brass Band. Nice. And very much enjoy the music. Good. And then I did some YouTube searches and I found Victor Wooten playing with Corey Wong. Did you find the live stream that they did? No, I, I well yeah I saw it, but I didn't play it yet. So I was gonna. I've watched. I was gonna check that out. Um, this was just one song, and then um, yeah, that was it. I think that was cool. I just didn't realize they were on tour. Mm -hmm. February and March of this past, or February through March of this this year, like these past few. Yep. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. How about yourself? Uh, still Corey Wong and Rebirth Brass Band. Nice. So very cool. They're strong. They're good. Have, it's they're they're and with the weather yeah. changing, they kind of fit that. They do that atmosphere do. of 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 good, upbeat, fun mm-hmm. music. Yeah, and and the the awkward thing about recording on Wednesday nights is you know Tuesday our podcast comes out, so I listen to it while I drive just to make sure everything was right. Right, and then Wednesday the one podcast that I still listen to comes out, so it's like Tuesday Wednesday I don't listen to music in the car, so it's like. <laughs> Too funny. Well, and we recorded on Saturday, so it's not like I had a lot of time in the right, car to listen. Right. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, that's that's funny actually. But I, like I said, I've been yeah. listening to the audiobook a lot, so I haven't even listened to that much music myself. I've been more gotcha. focused on just getting that book in my head because I now I got to mm-hmm. go through it again, right? Which I don't want to do because it makes me tearful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, so we have measure nine tonight, which is the chapter phrasing, which is um, probably my least favorite chapter in the book. Really? I think. Yeah. Why? Because uh, the topic is difficult. The stuff that they talk about hits me hard and I don't oh. like revisiting it. Okay. So, so your least favorite, not because of, because of the context, but because of what the context does in the sense of... Mm-hmm. Um, okay yes i get that yeah. it is it is a it is a very um for i'm sh- for i'm sure for most but i would say a lot of people it's probably a very hard-hitting chapter if you're reading this book depending upon yeah. how and why you're reading the book right right so. so the the catchphrase is anything including physical actions can be phrased and i've talked about this a lot you know Maybe not a lot, but I've at least mentioned it in the podcast that uh, phrasing is one of my favorite elements because you can phrase so many different things when it comes to music. Right. You know, it's not just about, you know, breathing, but you can phrase dynamics, and you can phrase rhythm, and you can phrase all these different things. Um, so it's one of my favorite elements to play with sometimes. But one of the hardest chapters to read through the book. Yep. Very interesting. 
Mm-hmm. You are a complex male human being. I'm something all right. Maybe not human. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so shall we get into the book? I don't know. Are you sure we could do this? Are you sure we can get through uh, this? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> so the the chapter continues after uh Victor, Michael, and Clyde leave the accident and the healing of the person that was in the accident from the chapter before. And they arrive at Victor's house and lo and behold. Uncle Clyde is already there sitting in Michael's chair. Mm-hmm. And at this point in this book, Victor's just doesn't phase him anymore. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I, I don't expect him to be anywhere else, but in the chair if I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the, well, that's where it's, where it starts. And he kind of like, um, he sees Clyde, Uncle Clyde. And then he notices that he's speaking a little more clearly than in the mm-hmm. dialect. And I think that's an important thing to note because of the fact that his intentions when he's speaking are different when he speaks in a different form or dialect or whatever we mm-hmm. want to say. And what's what's interesting is is it's it relates to the last chapter because he changes his tone. Right. Exactly. Essentially. Right. So I don't know where you like start Page 180 is where I first have something. Okay, so go ahead, because that's where I kind of have first have something. Um, let me figure out. <laughs> so good. The Kindle's so good. The, Not sponsored. The problem with the Kindle is because I highlight so much in it that when you go to try to turn the page, it sometimes picks up the highlight, like you want to edit the highlight. Right. So um, uh, I don't know where they are. So I'm just going to start reading. So Michael says... Actions as well as words are vibrations, and how we put them together can produce different vibrations, sort of like notes. An individual note sounds one way and produces a certain vibration. A group of notes put together produces different vibrations. A group of chords will produce altogether different vibrations. For example, a group of... uh Uh-oh. Sorry. Went to turn the page. It didn't work. (laughs) Oh, no. Not again. Come on. Hang on. Uh... Okay, I'm, I'm going to let this be a dramatic pause because I know exactly where you are in the book and I could read. <laughs> For example, <laughs> vibrations can produce a scale. It can be a major, minor, diminished, or any type of scale. These scales produce different sounds and feelings. A longer group of notes, a longer group of notes, scales, chords, or words strung together is called a phrase. Now, a phrase put together in a particular way can cause miraculous things to happen. I think the only thing that I would, I would, out of everything that I underlined, I underlined, I would say this. Uh, Uncle Clyde said, um, so understand this. Certain vibrations and situations can be created by the words and phrases we use. That's why we choose them carefully. Right. And I think that kind of like, because of what all you re- just read, like kind of leads into that. But it's true. <sighs> vibrations are a big thing. Mm-hmm. And anything. Because yep. we all vibrate. We all resonate at a certain speed. And that's just mm-hmm. the same thing for anything else in the world. Everything has a vibration to it. Yep. It's just not everybody are uh, not everybody is susceptible to feeling that vibration. Mm-hmm. Is that the word? Just, yeah. Not everybody feels it. Not everybody senses it. Some people are more sensitive to it than others. Maybe the word is receptive. Receptive. I think it's better. Yeah, totally. They're not as receptive to it. Right. Because they, they, they may feel something but not be aware of what that vibration, what that is. Right. Whereas other people right. are aware that the vibration that is causing their change in mood or whatever, their, their understanding of it, they know where it is. And whether you want to mm-hmm. call that person an empath or whatever, there's just there's things that go to it. Which is funny because in the next chat, in the next chapter, in the next paragraph, he goes, the common person relates phrases to words only, mm-hmm. which is true. And then he says, we as musicians go a little further. And this is Uncle Clyde speaking and add notes into the phrase category. So I think in one episode, I talked about how breathing, I was told to breathe for the sentence you're going to sing. And that's all the breath that you need. You don't need more than that. So whatever breath you would take to make, say, the sentence, 
is all the breath mm-hmm. you should need to sing because if you control your breath properly you will have enough breath to sing that line i think that's interesting because that also changes that place unless you're singing bach in which case you might not right. have enough breath. <laughs> yeah no i know i i i'm not saying it goes for everything but that's just notes for a, for one one syllable <laughs> and, you know. but it's a it's a it's pretty accurate when it comes to yeah. a lot of what you're saying but i agree with you and that changes your phrasing yeah it does and that's as a singer mm-hmm. as an instrumentalist it's even different more di- more different yeah, yeah. and every more instrument what i said more differenter more differenter we're just gonna make up words and put them out into the urban dictionary and see if people grab them mm-hmm. i think that you know when you have a woodwind instrument Versus a brass instrument, versus a percussive instrument, versus a string instrument, mm-hmm. which could also be percussive, <laughs> you know, and all that stuff. And and I think that no matter how you phrase the instrument that you're using, change can change that phrase. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's just my take. Yeah. So the one line that sticks out to me is um, now a phrase put together in a particular way can cause miraculous things to happen. Like what miraculous things? Are you asking that as a rhetorical question or are you really curious? I'm curious just to know if you have an answer. Do you have an answer? I might. (laughs) I don't know that I could formulate it into words, but I kind of have an answer. I think, I think that it, it boils down to, I, I look at it this way. How you say a word can mean completely different things. Mm-hmm. And how you say it, and how you say it, meaning like, I could say to you, I can say to a, a dog, come here, quietly, mm-hmm. and the dog may come. I can yell at the dog and be like, come here, and the dog may not come. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's a different tone. But there's also a different phrase to those two words, mm-hmm. yep. and the and that receptiveness to that phrase plays a factor. You know, when you're talking to a kid and the kid and you're telling the kid come here and you're doing it in an angry tone, the kid's not going to want to come over there. But if you quietly turn around to the kid and be like, "Come here, I got to talk to you for a second, the kid's going to walk over because they're not going to feel intimidated or something to that extent. And the same thing mm-hmm. with anybody at any age, really. You know, so I, I guess in a sense. They say that if you phrase things properly, you'll get the response you're looking for. Mm-hmm. That's my take. Is that your take? I think that's one of my takes. I think the other take is that, you know, a phrase, musically, a phrase that, that is performed can generate a certain response. Right. You know, I mean, you're going back to that Harry Connick Jr., um, video that you that you found, you know, where where the audience starts clapping, like he played a phrase that made them start clapping. He made a, he didn't right. say, "All right, everyone, let's clap on one and three, You know, everyone just did it because of what he was playing. The phrase that led up to it, he essentially told them. I mean, they got it wrong, but you know, and then he adjusted that phrase and got them to clap on the on the right. on the beat that he wanted to. Right, and and I think and there's yeah, go ahead. No, no, go go go. You're good. I would say there's so much like one of the reasons I love Robert Randolph and the Family Band and like the Lee Boys also. They're they're another great um, uh, slide guitar group. Sorry, I hit a button. I thought <laughs> I canceled the recording. Uh, I didn't. It's good. We're good. Um, so the Lee Boys. I mean, you can and the and Robert Randolph. You can hear them as they're playing, like these phrases like bubble up from one of the players. And you can actually hear them like say that phrase to the other person and influence what they play, how they play, you know. And if you go back to one of my YouTube videos where I analyzed um, music as a language with uh, two songs by Bella Fleck and the Flecktones, Big Country and Stomping Grounds, listening to Bela and Victor, like their phrases together and Jeff Coffin too, and how they influence um, like there's this one section where Victor and, and Jeff are playing a solo and the way Victor phrases influences how Jeff responds. Right. 
you know, so musically we have this communication and you think about, you know, first off they're having a conversation using musical phrases, but like the emotion that can be generated by those phrases, like if you change the phrasing of that, you can change the emotion that, that's associated with it and what the audience feels. Oh yeah. And you can change the direction really cool. of the song. Yeah. You totally change yeah. the direction and totally change the feeling of the song. You could start off mm-hmm. with this happy, jumpy song and end up with this like angry <laughs> song that everybody's like, yeah. Oh, I don't, no, that's not right. Doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know, totally. I, and I, and we, again, it's also receptiveness of the person that's listening. Right. Some people just don't react to music the way others do. And some people react mm-hmm. to it and don't know why they're reacting to it the way they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I remember one of the conversations growing up because my grandfather being an opera singer, music being a part of our lives in that capacity of them talking about songs that would make them cry. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and not even like something that they're sitting there going to want to cry. It's just the way the song triggers whatever inside of mm-hmm. their brain or their, their emotion, whatever, just, they just start crying. And there's songs that I, yep. that I, that are out there that every time I listen to them just make me tear up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not everybody responds to music that way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of people do respond to music that way and they don't know why, Yep. you know, and, and it's, it's interesting because is that the phrasing? Is it, is it, it's all the elements put together mm-hmm. yep. for phrasing purposes. Mm-hmm. So you could have a song that could bring millions of people together just because of the way it's phrased. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that kind of leads to that miraculous possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we don't even have to pick out different things throughout this chapter to talk about. Cause it's pretty much that conversation It's just mm-hmm. this whole idea of, I mean, he even says further down, he goes, you see in all the elements of music can be phrased, not just notes, how to use these different elements is what you've been learning. So mm-hmm. he's individually learning how to break down the elements and how to use them. And then he's learning now how to phrase them. Right. And, and, and then you think about the order of what you learn throughout the book. The next thing that he learns is space and rest. That's the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're going to learn all about this phrasing. You're going to learn how to connect everything, how to make everything work. And now we're going to teach you that you need to put space everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that is just as powerful. So it, it's, it is, it's, it's one of those chapters that makes you go, what is going on in my life? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then he breaks down life and he breaks out the days alive. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was an intense, yeah. that's an intense paragraph or two. Yeah. And, and this is, I mean, I, I've heard this done by so many different people in so many different ways, you know, and you know, this is, this is where it starts to get difficult for me. Right. You know, and I, and I think maybe you too, because I mean, you both, we both kind of said it before we, we got on, like we're like we're not doing what we want to be doing, you know, in a, in a career. You know? Right. I told you, not, I just told you sure. I want to retire. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm ready yeah. to retire. Listen, I, I enjoy helping people. I will not say that that's not the mm-hmm. case. I'm not saying that to give a cliche answer. I really right. do enjoy helping people. Even people that make me upset, I will help them. Cause I'm not yeah. that I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm not going to tell you, no, I'm going right. to make sure that you have what you need. And if you're going to be just as upset with me as you were before, and and as you were after as you are after fine but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. i'm i'm still going to help you i mean we right. both experienced that we've worked in fields where that has happened and even off the bat the person is just an angry person and no matter mm-hmm. what you did and what you say and how you help them they still become this angry person towards you you know and they're not receptive to anything but mm-hmm. i agree with you it's one of those things where we know we're making a living. We know we're making money. We know we're able to survive, but at the same time, it's not what we want to be doing every day. Mm-hmm. And that's just, and then you question like, what choices did I make that put me in this position? Right. <laughs> and then you, then you watch a show like house hunters and they're, they're like, they're looking at these houses. It's like, Oh, my budget's $5 billion. It's like, Oh, well, what do you do? Really? I pet caterpillars all day. Like, what yeah it's like, <laughs> like what what are, how do you get paid for petting caterpillars yeah like like and why am i not getting paid that money like <laughs> right 
So I don't know if we want to read through this, but it basically breaks down, you know, if you're 50 years old, it tells you how many days you've lived, you know, and how many days you lived until you're 70. And there's this whole big breakdown of, so this is how many days you have. And then what a total of this days that you were sleeping and this, it just breaks down how many actual days you've lived, meaning like right. actually lived, not in the sense of I was asleep. I was sick. I was an infant. I was, right. it's, it's the days mm-hmm. that you were at a point in your life where you were able to make conscious efforts and decisions of where you're going to mm-hmm. go. Right. I don't think we need to right. re- read through all that math. No, but I think, I think one of the, the most important parts is, is towards the end of it <clears throat> where he says, where Uncle Clyde says, now listen here, son, how much of your precious little time is spent on really becoming who you choose to be? Do you know? Actually, all of it is, but you don't know that it's you doing the choosing. How much of that time is spent consciously making yourself better? Not much. We can probably count that time in weeks or even days. And that's one of the hard ones for me, you know, is, is, is reading that line, you know, and I've read it, I don't know, 20 something times at this point. You know, that's a hard one to swallow. That That is. It is a hard one to swallow. It's one of those things where it's kind of like, really? I, am I wasting days? Am I wasting time? Am I wasting this mm-hmm. and I'm wasting that? Right. Like, should I be sleeping anymore? Like, <laughs> you know. It, right, right. It's It reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where Kramer decides to do the Da Vinci thing and sleep only 20, was it uh, 20 minutes every three hours? So he gets like four more hours to the day and then he ends up, you know, falling asleep. Right. And, Right. Reckon everything, but anyway. But it's true. You know, people do that. They try. They try wait. You know, yep. I know people that can take a 20 minute nap and be good to go. Like, mm-hmm. they, and they can do it. Like, they can literally, like, I'll be talking to them and they can be like, 20 minutes later, they're back up. Yep. It makes me think yeah. of this one time I was, in, <laughs> I was in high school and my, the, the band director, he was a big gentleman. He was a nice guy, but, you know, intimidating, but in a good way, like all that stuff. Mm hmm. He's a big guy. He ate, he smoked. He did everything. You know, smoked cigars and all that stuff. And he's conducting. At some point, he ducks. He conducts with his right hand and he grabs his chest with his left. And I really and he stops. The band still plays because. <laughs> That's hysterical. You need to leave that in. <laughs> at, at at one point, he his his right hand's up because he's he's conducting. His left hand grabs his his chest right over his heart, and he stops. And I wasn't the only one who saw this. And he stopped for a few measures. We were still playing. We were still all on time. And he came right back in on beat. Like I don't know how he did it. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he went. He could have had a minor stroke for all we knew. And he was just spot on coming back in on that downbeat like mm-hmm. three or four measures later and and i i remember looking at my i was i'm a saxophonist so i remember looking at the person next to me who i knew well and we were just like did you see that yeah so okay just make sure like <laughs> make sure we were doing <laughs> and it, it it blows your mind because like what happened at that moment right you know like i know like sometimes when musicians play they get into that zone or what they say that pocket because i know that he talks mm-hmm. about that what happens? Like, where are you? Where did you go? I want to know. I want to know that. And that's what this like kind of makes me think. It's like, so everything we're doing is going to be making ourselves better. But I feel like, do they talk about mistakes and failure in this one? No, they don't. A little bit. It's more so in the second book. Yeah. I feel like this book was like, this is what's on my mind. And the second book is like, I just mm-hmm. learned so much more new stuff and I need to share it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I did. Un- and that's, that's kind of what he said to me when, when I met him, um, when I first found out that he, he was writing the second book and he kind of said, you know, like it's just the first book, but like deeper. And, but like it's, it's well done expanded. though. You don't feel like you're reading yeah. the first book though. No, yeah. no, no, no. He, they do say further down. I don't know if you had more to read after that. Um, I did underline it. Ironically, it is italicized in the book. All things mm-hmm. that you're... I'm going to read this. This is read in Uncle Clyde's tone. All the things that you've held your mind to, you have accomplished or will accomplish. You can believe that. And all these time frames can be viewed as phrases. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that. And it's like, so the three years that I went to my master's considered a phrase. 
Yeah. You know, the four years that we were in college, it was a phrase. Mm-hmm. So every like, and, and it's funny because we, I work in education. You essentially work at a university. So you're almost in that realm. I still think mm-hmm. of the year as the school year. Like it's hard to, for me to think of the the calendar year from January to December. I mm-hmm. constantly think, okay, the year is September to June and then I have summers. And not that I have summers off. I'm just saying like mentally, I'm just so used to that mm-hmm. that it's hard yep. to turn that off. And what's hard is like when I got here, because I, I started working for a school when I got here. Um, you know, I was so used to September to June, but like they were August to May. And it was like that, just that little change was like, whoa. Yep. Yep. You know. And this is this is like where they sort to get me back, you know, like you know the the, the page before is like, oh, this is really kind of grim. And and, and then, Victor acknowledges you know, Michael, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Michael says, uh, "There's only one reason you ever fail at anything, and that's because you eventually change your mind. That's it. Um, like I told you, anything you and everything you have ever decided to do, you have succeeded, or will succeed at doing. It may take a day, a year, or twelve lifetimes." But if you hold your mind affixed on the idea, it will come forth. It has to. That is the law. So that, you know, hearing that, it's like, oh, well, they're getting me back. But then they depress me even more later on. It's like, oh, this is. But I think it leads up to a reason as to why they put this back and forth at him. Right. You know, and but you don't know that until it comes to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And you do. You go back and forth. Um. He go they and then it goes further. They're talking more about that and failure and all that stuff. And Victor like took um he does talk about how he didn't understand it at first, but when he started really thinking about it, he was like, Okay, this all makes sense. I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I was thinking about it too. The things that I failed at were the things I just didn't really care about. Right. Or not that not that I didn't care about them, it's just that they didn't fit in mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. Right. I just wish I was better at the things that I like doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, at the bottom of the page, after he, of 184, after Victor explains his understanding, he said, Uncle Clyde interrupted my thoughts. So what I was saying before Michael chimed in is this. Your life, which is capitalized, the word, is made up of a string of many different phrases. Most of these phrases were put together unconsciously. And I think that's what you were just talking about. Yeah. You know, that our life is just a series of phrases. You know, you can look at, you know, like your college years is a phrase or, right. you know, a relationship as a phrase or, you know. Which is true. I mean, you date somebody mm-hmm. for three years, that's three years of your life. But that's a phrase yeah. or a phase because at some point they do say word phase mm-hmm. and they said it's kind of the same thing. Yep. And then... And then he talks about, he goes back about the days on your planet and, you know, make sure, are you making the right choices? And Victor says, I never realized that our time was so short. And, and Clyde goes, most people don't until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh, man. <laughs> yep. and this, this is where they start bringing you back <laughs> down again. Because right. then Michael says, call it life or call it music. There's no difference except most people's musical lifespan is much shorter. Well, thanks. Yeah, right, right. But it's true. But I, I get <laughs> what know? he's saying. And even, even on that end of it, because... It just and that's like we could we could read these things like crazy, but all this stuff mm-hmm. and then I I don't have anything for a while because he he talks about well he does so he does kind of bring it back a little bit for me where he says and only when the separate so it's right. uh, called life called music there is no difference except that most people's music lifespan is much shorter and only when the separation disappears for you meaning the separation between life and music right um, music will become part of who you are right. Right. And then there's he, the paragraph after I did, I did mark. I, it, it says, mm-hmm. you can see how setting up certain phrases in your life can produce desired results uh, days, years, or decades later. Musical phrases can be set up in the same way. If you are playing a show, what you choose to play at the start of the night can determine how the listener will hear you later in the show. You can use certain musical phrases to set up his ear or his emotions for something you choose to play or do later. And I think Victor Wooten does a very good job at that in his albums. Because yeah. I feel like his albums, you're like, you listen to, oh, this is great, this is cool. And then like the second song comes in, oh, this is really cool. And then the third one comes in or the fourth one. And it kind of mellows out in a good way. Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. like you you hear these fr- and he's like oh this is really good and you're like okay cool cool and then like like the next song is a little more i don't want to say aggressive but a little bit more upbeat and then the the sixth song yep. or whatever it's back to that like funky playing and it's mm-hmm. every yeah. album i see i feel like has that yeah yeah and i and i, I think some of it comes from bella fleck because well the first time i saw bella fleck at the tilla center um i remember bella saying you know our goal is to take you on a journey and it might be outer space it might be just across the country but we're going to take you to a different place and my goodness they took you on a journey that night it was i, I mean they were just all over the place and it was out there at points and in some points it was it was difficult to sit through because it was just so frenetic and just out there jazz and then all of a sudden it came back together and there it was but he set up your phrasing right at the beginning by saying we're going to take you on a journey yep and he wasn't even playing music i know and that's amazing well because his he has he doesn't have that separation between life and music right or he does and he knew exactly what he was doing right that's crazy so um and then they start playing Mm -hmm. uncle clyde Clyde starts playing uncle clyde starts playing the harmonica and then victor wants to join him but he just listens then he joins in but at first he doesn't think clyde is a great player Mm -hmm. then when he jumps in he realizes he is and then mm-hmm. Uncle Clyde does all this stuff and he starts playing in the pocket, as he calls it. Mm-hmm. And then Victor's like, oh my goodness, he's amazing, he's amazing. And he was kept playing. And then Uncle Clyde started doing all this crazy stuff. And then um, they stop playing. And he acknowledges the fact that he was an amazing musician, but you would have never thought that when you met this person under the bridge because he was mm-hmm. a homeless man, quote unquote. And right. didn't understand why he wasn't playing to make music or whatever. And asked him that, like, why aren't you doing these things? And Uncle Clyde's like, what did you do? He goes, what do you mean? You just heard me play. What did I do? And he was like, you played amazingly, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, but, like, what did like, what did I really do? And Victor's mm-hmm. like, well, you, oh, he's like, you set <clears throat> me up. And then he talks, you set me up. Yeah, you set me up. That's what you did. And you did it in a way that I didn't even realize it was happening. First, you started with simple phrases, simple rep- repetitive phrases. You made sure these phrases were familiar sound, singable, playable, right? Then you changed them. And he goes, first, I didn't think you were a very good player. Um, and then your phrases changed in length and it looked like you weren't even breathing. And... And then he's like, then you took it to the highest level possible. And then Clyde was like, you think that was the highest level? He was like, I could take you out of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, uh, then he goes, what did you, what you didn't notice was that I also phrased the tempo, which is what you were talking about. Phrasing elements. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that you were, had underlined or highlighted. Yep. Absolutely. So I, I let, I'll stop talking. You can enjoy that and talk that. <laughs> One of the things that I've, I always focus on. It would, especially my choral groups is um, is phrasing of dynamics because you can you can phrase the dynamics as a phrase mm-hmm. you know and and a lot of what we do when we sing and I guess play to a certain degree as well but more because the way we talk you know we when we if you think about the way we talk we generally start soft there's a peak of our phrase and then we kind of trail off at the end so most of your vocal phrases are the same way but um, I always focus on the overall piece too, because one of the things that you learn um, with good choirs is that they're never singing at a hundred percent in terms of volume. Right. There's always a place to go. They're always usually like seventy-five, eighty percent. Um, but you don't know. You don't know what your seventy-five to eighty percent is until you know where your loudest peak is in, in your piece. You know, so and then you have to think about like the different like genres of classical music, whether it be Baroque or classical or, you know, he quote, he put in quotes genre for the people that are not watching this on a video. (laughs) Um, Because like if you think about Baroque music, the instruments back then didn't allow you to play as loud as the more modern instruments. So it's like to be, you know, because the way it was written, it was not written to sing. Boo, you know, right. 
there's a different style. Um, so then you have the, the phrasing of that too, you know. So each one is different. But, you know, my, my whole thing was you need to have kind of that roadmap. And, and we talked a little bit about it last week, I think. No, it was the week before with Sam and Rhythm. Right. You know, when I was talking with my kids when they're learning how to sight read. And, like, that's one of the things that we focus on. It's like the first thing you do is you look at and look at what the shortest note value is so you can subdivide in your head. The second thing is then you look at the key signature. Then you look at the time signature. And then you look at the overall piece. You look for things like accidentals, but you look for, like, the shapes. Look for the, you know, the, the dynamic shapes, the phrasing, that sort of thing. Um, that's how I approach, you know, looking at a piece for the first time. And I have a lot of friends who are, you know, studio musicians um, I have a friend who played on like the Star Wars movies. Oh, really? The Phantom Menace and all those, the, the, the first, like the, the like chapters one, two, and three of Star Wars. He played on all those. He played on the Lord of the Rings soundtrack he, as an upright bass player. Um, and that's one of the things he always, his father was the one that taught me how to do all of that. And he said, it's so important when you go into settings like that, like that's what you need to do because you've got one or two chances to get it right. Otherwise, you're not hired again. That's right. it. You're, you're done. You know? So, you know, look, being able to look at that, and that's what I was trying to stress on my kids. Like, that's what it's about. It's not about, you know, he's like, there are times where I was playing wrong notes, but because I was musical about it, they didn't care. You know? If I was strict and rigid about it and played every note but didn't play it musically, I would never get hired again. Right. And I think that's that's an important thing is that we we're so hung up on playing things perfectly and we mm -hmm. lose the musicality of yep whatever we're playing right and it's you know and it's funny because even for a singer you could hit a wrong note but if you do it right and i know that sounds right hitting a wrong note right in the right way mm -hmm. no one's gonna know the difference yep you know you will maybe mm -hmm. the person playing next to you maybe mm-hmm I mean, that's the that's the hard, that's the hardest thing to get past is like you're gonna make that mistake. It's gonna happen. Yep. You know, um, and sometimes it's a mistake that you can't control. Right. Um, I remember there was one service I played where um, it was uh, it was a first communion. There were a couple hundred people in the congregation. It was families of all these kids, and the organ started to cipher in the middle of a um, of a hymn. And what a cipher is, for those that don't know, it's um, there's a piece of leather that covers the note when it's not being played. A cipher is when the, the leather gets like sucked into the pipe because the airflow is wrong and it kind of gets stuck. So air kind of leaks through it. Sometimes you get a full note. Sometimes it's kind of a really flat version of the note because there's not enough air going through. Right. So what I had was this note going <laughs> in the middle of a hymn. And I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? Because like the way you fix it is sometimes if you bang on the note enough, it like fixes itself. But you have to like go into the organ and like pull the little piece of leather out. Right. Well, I was in the middle of a hymn, and I was like, "Well, how do I make this work?" So, at the end of a verse, I just started improvising around this like <laughs> note, and I made it musical. And I was able to like kind of caress the note and play the notes around it, so it changed the air pressure around it, and it eventually it fixed itself. You know, but so I fixed the organ and made it musical at the same time. And I think that's kind of the way you know phrasing works. Well, yeah, you know, it's I, and, but you also like you listened more than anything. Yeah, you try not to think about it too much because mm -hmm. if you thought about it too much, you probably wouldn't have succeeded. And and mm -hmm. let's take that word out of the equation for a Let's take succeeded out. You played yep. musically, mm -hmm. and you used that to fix. Yep. The machine. And what's funny is after that, I used that like. And improvising it's like how long can i hold a note before someone realizes i'm holding a note right you know right that's it was kind of a fun exercise that's funny. i put it in different voices and sometimes i put it in the pedal and that's kind of that's an easy one you just throw it in the pedal because it's it just vibrates the whole room no one really cares right. but if you stick it the, as the top note and try and play around it like that's that's hard to do oh yeah absolutely good. so anyway sorry i'm gonna stop nerding out no 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 notes. but that's what it, i mean but that's what it's about though like that's what this whole thing is about is is the idea mm -hmm. of not letting what's happening at that moment freak you out and mm -hmm. playing around. So whether it's life or music or whatever you're doing at that moment, I mean, I deal with anxiety. It, 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 at that moment, when you're healing, when you're dealing with that anxiety, that's the only thing you can think of. And then it becomes like the worst thing in the world. 
And then on top of it, it starts bringing everything else around you, making everything else worse, and nothing mm-hmm. could be bad. Yep. Like you could have a hundred dollars in front of you, but for some reason that hundred dollars where you could use it to go buy something, you're like, oh my God, there's a hundred dollars mm-hmm. in me. I don't know. Like it just becomes a bad thing. Yep. And you're trying to manipulate that time to be better. Yep. And that's hard to do because mm-hmm. you're because you overthink and you do this. But if you were to approach it the way you did in a musical way. Mm-hmm. maybe you could process that moment easier i'm not like i'm just, right. like i'm not trying to simplify anxiety in any way shape or form i'm just mm-hmm. saying that that is something you have to improvise around in your day sometimes yep. you can't sometimes it mm-hmm. gets you to the point where you just can't and you have to stop yep. mm-hmm. but that's creating space yep so it's like we can relate everything to this <laughs> <laughs> oh man yep and we were, so we were talking about, so Clyde talks about what he did to get Victor to do all these things. I don't know if we want to mm-hmm. read through a whole, that whole entire paragraph. No, I, I think the, the important thing is where he says, uh, the proper use of phrases allows me to gradually change your mind and body. Changing it all at once can cause your head to explode just like glass. All I do, all I do is set up groups of vibrations to produce the same or similar effects. But instead of one powerful vibration, I can use a group of vibrations. It can be done in the course of a solo or it can be done over the course of a whole night. You know, it can be done over the course of a few days if you want to. You can set up your listeners to hear or listen to a particular way on a night or later. And I think, you know, going through it, like if, you, like if you're listening to us on Sunday evenings, I think that if you listen to Victor's whole catalog, the way we're playing it from start to finish, like I think he's phrasing his albums kind of like that. You know, there's... He starts out really flashy to get your attention with show of hands. And then he's got these kind of like fun funk right, folk songs. Right. And then he goes into like jazz. Right. Like and then like to kind of smooth it out a little bit. And then, you know, it's live in America. And then he kind of goes off on a tangent in Soul Circus. You know, and then he kind of brings it back to his roots in in um Palm Mystery. And then he gets really philosophical in words and tones. And then he comes out with Tripnotic, which is just straight up jazz fusion. You know, there's just all of these different things that's creating this whole, he's, you know, I, I consider each album a phrase. Of course. So he's, you know, creating his whole world based on these individual phrases or albums. Right. Which is interesting to think about. But I, I think he's that conscious about it mm-hmm. in an unconscious way, maybe. Yeah. I don't know that he sat down when he was doing a show of right. hands and having all the albums planned out in his head. But no, I think each of them has influenced the, the next exactly. one. And he leaves it off in a way where he knows where he's going next. Right. Exactly. Where did you, where did you read all that? What page was that on? That was, uh, 189. Right. That was down towards. Okay. I see where that is. Okay. That was all the, the, Yes, that came after the This Ain't Nothing But Vibrations. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, cool. I just make sure I'm with you because I, I missed it while you were reading because I was paying attention to your reading. <laughs> um, and then, so this is what I think is interesting. Clyde turns around to Victor and says, you're at a special time in your life. You might say that you're ending one phrase and starting another, which we were just talking about with his albums. What direction you play this phrase in is completely up to you. And don't ever think that it's not. This is important. It's time for you to take control of your life with a capital L and for you to accept that it is you who's in control. You understand that hits because sometimes you don't feel like you're in control of anything that you're doing, but tech, but really you are, you know, um, and then he talks about how musicians play a bunch of notes. And that's okay. Um, but I think there's there's important stuff in there because, at least for me, you know, that I focus on the notes of life too much. You know, and I focus on the, on the tiny little things instead of the bigger picture. <clears throat> oh, me you know, too. Like, yeah. And I think it's interesting to think about, you know, because this is kind of where it gets dark, but kind of hopeful at some points, you know, you know, it's like I think about all the times that I've like scrutinized over like a $20 purchase and it's like, why? It's $20. In the grand scheme of things, it's not. Because. 
scrutinizing, but it's like in my head, it's like this is going to change everything if I save this twenty dollars. It's like, but why? It's not. It's not Stop. right, like, and it's hard to do. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't make big purchases until I sit on it for three months. Yet right. someone else would go and make the purchase and then figure it out, and and you, which you could financially do, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, and and sometimes you question like like I typically don't make big purchases right away. I need a new new monitor. And like this, I'm this is funny because I'm talking about a monitor, but I need a new monitor. And I'm like, I found one on sale. And the only reason why I did it was because it was on sale and it was a deep discount. I'm like, you know what? It's worth it. So now I gotta pay that. Not a mm-hmm. like it stinks, but it's working out. I wouldn't be able to do some of the stuff that I'm doing without having this monitor in front of me. Mm-hmm. But I totally get that because like I want to buy, and I don't buy things for myself typically. I'm not, I don't go out and just do that. I'll be more mm-hmm. apt to buy something for somebody else. Right. Right. And and so I totally get that because you sit on that. But, you know, that's a big part of me too. I, I see little things. But sometimes what the problem is, is I see the buildup of little things. And mm-hmm. my expectation is that something bad's going to end up happening because that's what I dealt with a lot in my life is that right. little things started happening and then that was like an explosion of a bad. And I need to start to take the those moments and see the little good moments. Mm-hmm. Like, right. what did you spend the $20 on? You know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. I spent $20 on, you know, a, I don't know, let's just pick something out, on a book. Right. Mm-hmm. Why did I spend twenty dollars? I can't. But the book I read the book and it's like okay, this was the best twenty dollars I ever spent. Right. Like I, I misplaced the second book, the 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 spirit of music. I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. I know I had it when I saw you back in April, and I knew it was in that bag for a long time because I purposely kept it there. Could not find it. So I was like, you know what? It's seventeen dollar book. I mm-hmm. want it. I need it. So I spent mm-hmm. the money, and the, and now that I finished it on the audio version, I was like, okay, yeah, it was totally worth the seventeen dollars that I spent yeah. three times already. <laughs> you know, well, it's funny because like like I was making those chairs a couple of weeks ago, and it was my my biggest holdup was the chairs cost me thirty dollars in materials, but the cushions cost me seventy dollars a piece. I'm like, I I can't spend that, like like that. It just it wouldn't compute in my head, but like in the grand scheme of things, seventy dollars for a cushion isn't. That big of a deal. Grand scheme of things, but, have you sat outside and read on those chairs? Oh yeah, yeah. So the take the monetary side of it out of out of that for exactly. a second. Right. And now you're outside, sitting down, reading. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like that right there. We. It takes us a moment to realize that. For example, mm-hmm. I have the plant. You can't see it, you know, uh, on the the way the screen is. But behind me, I have a plant. It's given to me by two really really great friends. And it's a money tree. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And I'm not good with plants. I water this thing every week like I'm supposed to. And it's growing. And it can get to four feet tall from what I understand. Like, I'm at a point where I may have to re- transplant this into a bigger pot again. You know? And and it's funny because it's a plant. This one plant triggered my need of wanting more plants. There you go. See? For those who are watching this on YouTube, you can see the plant. If you ever come, if you ever watch us live, you'll see the plant. But you know, I'm Two Face. And and what? I'm Two Face. You are Two Face. Actually, that'd be really funny if we can get like. <laughs> other way. Other way. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing around with the camera. Sorry, guys. For those Sorry. who are listening. <laughs> um, no, but you know what I learned this week? What? It, t- it took a video game for me to learn this. I have extreme ADD. Really? Yeah. Maybe she. Got- it took Zelda like so. Like, like the other day, I was like, "I'm going to get to Kakariko Village." It should take me about twenty minutes. Four hours later, I still wasn't there. I was like, "There's just too much to do." I was like, "There's a Korok over here. I found a temple over there. I found this thing in the sky. I found a chasm under the ground, and I still didn't get there." I was like, oh. "Wow." Yeah. Well, no. That's so. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> on a tangent. Sorry. No, 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 no. I like. I get it. It's it's like when I was setting up my office. I was like, I'll be done in an hour. Like three hours later, because mm-hmm. I kept doing it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I could do this better. I could do this better. I want to mm-hmm. change this up. Well, yeah. I I get it. I get it. But those are just phrases in the day. Oh, wrote it back to the book. <laughs> mm, look at you. Oh, um, he taught. This is the one thing that I thought was interesting. Is Uncle Clyde talks about like. 
Victor says, but you're in control of the phrases, but you release your control of the individual notes. But he, Uncle Clyde's like, I can control everything or not control anything. Like, I have the ability to, and I feel like that brings it back to the yin and yang thing where you kind of have a balance of the conscious and unconscious. Mm -hmm. You have the balance of the control and not not have control. But he keeps focusing on the fact that if your phrase keeps coming out wrong, you may need, you you may go down a level individual notes to see what the problem is. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just interesting how they talk a lot about balance. Like, it's okay to be in control, but it's okay to be out of control. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of how you balance that out. That's the scariest thing ever. And that's the scariest thing ever, especially in life. Mm -hmm. When you don't have control over something, it freaks you out. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you really have to say to yourself, okay, I don't have control over it. It's not not me or it's not something Mm -hmm. I can hold on to or I got to just let it be and we'll see what comes out of it. It's hard. Yep. It's very hard. This is a very philosophical chapter. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't. Then, so then, yeah, go ahead. Um, Michael and, and Clyde um, try to convince Victor that they're right and the other one's wrong. Right. And they go back and forth and try to confuse him. Um, and and Victor goes, you know, wait, you guys are really confusing me. And Clyde says, perfect. You don't need to believe any of us or none of us, as Clyde would say. You need to listen to us. That is all. And then Victor realizes that the whole point is that it's not that he's got these people teaching him, telling him what to do, but just giving him information and letting him formulate his own ideas to make his own decision. Right. Right. And he goes on at the bottom to say, I should listen to all that you or anyone else has to say. Then I make up my own mind and I choose what I want to believe and I might what my truth is. Ask the questions and let the experience talk to me. And then... And then Clyde makes a comment about how he's not as bad as Michael said. Mm-hmm. And then and then Michael said something. I don't know if he... I'm going to read a little bit of the paragraph. If you believe what we say all the time, you may never come to your own realization. And your own realization is the only realization there is. If we tell you different things, you will be forced to decide for yourself. And your own decisions are the only decisions you should ever make. But when you can't decide, you will have to rely on experience. If you have no experience to draw from, you must trust your feelings. That is always the be- always best because your feelings are the only ones that will always speak the truth. And that hit because I'm sitting here going, oh my God, that's totally what I'm going through right now. If you're still mm-hmm. unsure, test all the theories to see which one works. Oftentimes you will find that more than one will work, but that still leaves you with a decision to make. Your decisions are best made by you and no one else. And then Clyde says, that's what he just said with less words yeah <laughs> and then uncle clyde says you just need to listen to all of it keep your mind open to all the information that'll help you make the best decisions one bad de- one bad decision today can cause you to end up way off course later on down the line you understand and that's another one that takes me back to boy i screwed up <laughs> but see the thing is, is and and you know and then at the end of the chapter he said let's make some music but the thing is, is, did we, did we screw? I don't know. And that's the thing is, I don't know. Because every, so everything that we do in our past leads us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Whether we made a mistake or not, if we learned from that mistake, was it really a mistake? Right. And it, do we want to use that word mistake? They do use right. the word failure in the second book. But they Mm -hmm. use it in a positive context because a failure is learning Mm -hmm. and and you're you're better off trying and failing than not trying at all right and you know you hear that in the past and you're like no no i don't want i don't want to take the chance i don't take the chance and then you sit yourself like why the heck didn't i take the chance so you try Mm -hmm. to change your mindset moving forward and it's hard to take the chance knowing that the possibility of failure is there because what you dealt with but I think for myself, in the past even couple of months, I've started trying things despite the fact of what I knew what the outcome was going to be. I was mm-hmm. always one that if I can control the outcome, I'll do it. 
and it sounds horrible, but it's not that I'm a controlling person, but if it has to do with me and I can control mm-hmm. the outcome and I can make sure the outcome is going to be a good outcome, I'm going to do whatever I can for that good outcome. Yep. But even on that end of it, I'm going to make mistakes to get to that outcome. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm tired. I don't want to keep doing that. Yep. That's me personally. I mean, that's just my thought and my opinion on on the matter. Just like they said in the book, you can hear what I have to say and listen to what I have to say. You don't have to agree with me, but it may help you make a decision on how you want to handle things. Mm-hmm. How, do you uh, do you agree or disagree with any of that? I agree with you. Right? It's it's. Yep. We could have a whole podcast just on philosophy and talking and. Yep, we could. It's like we're doing that with the book club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that was an yep. intense chapter. It was. It's yeah. an intense chapter. And and the next chapter uh, with ISIS is a confusing is chapter. confusing, but like like confusing because you're it's more of a like it's like as a it's like an oh crap moment. She's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like Really? That's how that works. Yep. <laughs> uh, <sighs> all right. So let's uh, go through our little housekeeping oh, and all so. that good stuff. Yeah. And- so you're listening to this on a Tuesday, and we thank you for following with us and and joining us in this journey. As we, we're not dissecting the book in the sense of dissect. We're just sharing what we're getting out of the chapters, and we hope that it intrigues you even more to potentially read the book which we highly recommend and we highly recommend going to Amazon, no sponsor and picking up a copy of the music lesson by Victor Wooten. And we highly recommend you picking up a copy of the spirit of music by Victor Wooten, because it is as much as Kyle said earlier, based upon what Victor Wooten said, it is a deeper version of this book and it takes you deeper into his mindset. And it's actually, it's very surreal when you read it. Um, so, Thank you for listening. Keep on listening with us as we as we grow with this book. That being said, every Friday night, Kyle goes live on Twitch. So for those of you who are listening with him and joining him, thank you so much. Bring your friends and family with you. Every Sunday, we go live on Twitch at 7.30 p.m. We go for about two and a half hours. Um, and we typically do our best to um, align our music to what we're doing in the podcast. Um as of now, when this episode comes out, our past Sunday episode uh, live show would have featured Tina Turner's music because when this after the, uh, she had passed away prior to this um, episode come out coming out today actually yeah we're actually the day we're recording she passed away so uh, we like to do our best to celebrate those that music and so we'll, when we go when our past Sunday will have been mainly Tina Turner music talking a little bit about her and uh, stuff like that. Then Mondays and Fridays, Mondays, Kyle's uploading our visual version of our podcast to YouTube. Uh, The episodes are about three or four weeks out from when they drop on um, all the fun podcast streaming services. So if you want to see us, please check that out. Uh, There is some little additive stuff in it because it's just we don't really edit much. There'll be a funny introduction to this one. So <laughs> there is. Yeah, it won't be on the, on the audio <laughs> yep. version. So. And then every Friday, Kyle uploads some shorts to uh, YouTube as well. So again, I've done this before, but I do thank Kyle for all the time and effort he puts into the editing and taking care of uploading the files and stuff like that. Um, so that all being said, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have all that good stuff. Um, all that's in our show notes. We have a Discord we'd love to discuss with you. Uh, so check out our the show notes. Click on our link tree. You'll see everything that's available. And I have nothing more. And there's a new addition to our link tree that you should talk about as well. The form. The form. Oh, yes. Um, June 11th. We are looking to do a live show based upon covers of songs. And we've been using this, excuse me, this song as an example, uh, the Sound of Silence, which was covered by Disturbed, and how we actually think it's a very well-done cover, that's what we're talking about. One of your favorite bands or bands that have 
covered a song from another favorite band and you just thought it was one of those things that everybody needs to hear in that link tree link in the link, yes click on the link tree link in the show notes and you will find uh, the form that you can fill out and please check it out you know um currently we have a few responses we still have five responses Mm-hmm. And you know, share this yep. out with your friends and family. Stuart, Jacques, Michael, Philip, and Darren. <laughs> and uh, we will be building a you list. Almost of our- did it with a straight face. This <laughs> we will be building a list ourselves, uh, but we would love to hear from everybody else, uh, so we can make this a part of the conversation. So check out the form, fill it out, join us June eleventh at seven thirty, uh, and we'll be playing those songs. Thank you, everyone, for listening. So we'll yes, thank you. Chat with you all next week. Have a good one. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Turn on the Music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on our Discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. Thank <laughs> you.